Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by... Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. Looking for a way to build daily prayer discipline? Seen the rise in mindfulness meditation, but not sure if it is possible to meditate in a way that's consistent with your Catholic faith? Just looking for a way to breathe new life into your existing prayer routine? No matter what you're looking for, Hollow is here to help. Hollow is a Catholic prayer and meditation app that helps users deepen their relationship with God through audio-guided contemplative prayer sessions. From meditations on the daily gospel to the rosary to daily examines, Hollow has something for everyone. Hollow is the number one Catholic app in the U.S. It is free to download and has permanently free content, but you can also check out all of the premium sessions for 30 days, risk-free, by signing up at www.hollow.app/breadbox. Do you have a great idea for a podcast but not sure where to start? Neither did we until someone recommended Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. There's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit right from your phone or from your computer. Then Anchor distributes your podcast for you to Apple, Spotify, and more. They even pair you with sponsors so you can make money with your podcast with no minimum listenership. And all of it is free. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Praised be Jesus Christ. Now and forever. I'm Alexandra Sullivan. And I'm Father Connolly. Welcome to Raising Saints, Helping Kids Hear God's Voice. We're a priest and a mom who are eager to do our best to answer kids' questions about God, the church, the faith, and more. Most importantly, to help them to grow in their relationship with God and ultimately hear His voice. Hi, Father Connolly. Professor Sullivan. Hi, how are you? <laughs> Excuse me, it was it was Professor McGonagall for my costume. Oh, yes, that's okay. correct. Yes. And your <laughs> costume, because we just passed Halloween, your costume. We did. What, what, what were you? I thought this was an appropriate year to uh, dress up as St. Damien of Molokai. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I did. St. Damien being the um, the quote leper priest he was right. the, the priest who went to um when when leprosy was the medical concern of the day um and sadly because society didn't know how to handle it you know there was no such thing as uh mask and social distancing and uh, well 
This was extreme social distancing. It, it was, was really rather inhumane, um, just kind of shipping these these poor people um, who had leprosy to this Hawaiian island and, and forming this colony, island of Molokai. And um, so St. Damien bravely went there to, to be their priest. Um, and so he famously, you know, when he eventually contracted the disease himself, right? And he preached something to his people about we lepers. I think that's mm-hmm. how he revealed to them. And he was then truly one of them. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and they knew, wow, this, this priest, this is Jesus to us. He truly mm-hmm. loves us to the point of, you know, that he would even take on this horrible, deadly disease um, just to be able to communicate Christ to us. So, I mean, it started as kind of a joke, right? Yes. You know, you think about, oh, my gosh, it's 2020, right? Yeah. You know, it's the pandemic. <laughs> the pandemic. Right um, mm-hmm. But he's incredibly inspiring, incredibly yes. inspiring. That I aspire to be even a tiny little fraction of the priest that he was, um, you know, and and so. Yeah, it's God an incredible story. God's yeah. people. Yeah, really amazing. Um, to the point that too, uh, this, um, a little, probably a little more long winded than you anticipated, <laughs> but okay. what you're dealing with, yes. you know, <laughs> that's kind um, of par for the course. So. <laughs> you were telling me right about how he, he, uh, for confession, yeah, he would have to stand on the dock and a ship would come with, with the priest who the priest wouldn't get off the ship right here of contracting this disease. And so, right this great distance, you know, between the ship and the dock, the poor St. Damien had to make his confession out loud, yelling out it. sins yeah. with other priests. I mean, how, how what, mortifying, right? What humility. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, can you, you did what? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh, yeah. But so anyway, St. Damien pray for us. I think he's a good patron to have these days. Okay, uh, but that was my all Hallows costume. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it was fun to have Halloween because because here we actually went trick or treating and we participated in all the normal Halloween stuff. Yeah, um, so it kind of felt like a for the kids like a bit of normal normal life. Yeah, yeah. thank God. I think it's, you know, we need that, don't we? My mom said something yesterday I thought was so perfect. Um, (laughs) My brother John groaned as a a Christmas commercial came on the TV. Mm -hmm. John's 31, but I think sometimes his soul, he's he's like 91. And (laughs) he goes, oh, my gosh. You know, it's not even November yet. And we got, and um, so, you know, I was laughing at that. But my mom said, you know, John, I, I'm, I'd always be with you on that. But I, this year, I think we all need a little bit of that Christmas joy. Yeah. It was really moving. Yeah. Like, yeah. Absolutely. Ma. I mean, we've been through a lot. And it's just, if enjoying some of the kind of holiday spirit, extremely early, albeit, yeah. But if that's going to help us have some joy, have some yeah. love, have some some happiness, you know, I think that's okay with Jesus. Yeah. He just told me. So, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I talked to him. 
Yeah, so do I sometimes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a good habit to be in, right? Yeah, yeah. So anyway, shall so we start we pray? this uh, shindig with a prayer? Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mary Mother, Mother of God, pray, pray for, for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, so we have a couple questions from Patrick. our boy, Patrick. Yeah, so last time, so this this is a rock star family, and uh, so just a quick shout out and word of thanks to the Johnsons. Again, these are my my parents' neighbors. Yes, and, um, Peter and Patrick Johnson, and these two boys, and who are uh, you know just so faith filled and inquisitive, and they have these excellent questions, and so we're so grateful that they uh, shared them with us, and that gives us uh, such great stuff to talk about. So. We're going to be able to answer them, though. They were they had some serious theology questions, from what I remember. Yeah, yeah, They're challenging. So it's um, definitely pushing us to our limits, but mm-hmm. uh, we're, we're going to try. So, you know, sometimes the best thing is the discussion itself. Yeah, and uh, it's a reminder to us that we're not God, and we don't have all the answers. But all we can do is be faithful to what He's shown us, and mm-hmm. and try to uh, you know grow in in the, uh, the intellectual life. Right. Um, that's part of being created in his image, you know, being able to think, being able to challenge our minds. Mm-hmm. That's, that's in a way that's growing in holiness. Mm-hmm. That's raising faiths. There you go. And I think one of the, the great things about our faith is that it um, challenges us to ask hard questions and ask why and understand why and learn. It's not just a blind faith that we just say, well, this is what we've been told and this is what, this is why. And, you know, we get to explore more and delve more into it. Right. So the first question that we're going to look at today, this comes from Patrick and Patrick is eight years old and Patrick wonders, why do people have free will if God knows everything and he knows what they will choose. Mm. That's a doozy. <laughs> Certain priest on this podcast did this as a lecture last fall, maybe spring, whenever it was. Yeah, no, for the it, parish wouldn't have been last spring. No, you know, but wasn't yeah. it between fall and winter? Yeah, right. Almost a year ago, I think it was right before the pandemic hit because you had other ones planned and they all got shut down. That's right. That's right. So yeah, so I think it was, it was probably February. Yes. And the Sullivan sat there going, we still don't understand. (laughs) Oh, yes, it was. (laughs) You were so kind. Yes. You know, that's what a friend's for. Contributions. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, it's a great question. Is it so basically, if God knows everything, and he does, yes, he had known that Father Connolly and Alexandra Sullivan believe that God, God is, is omniscient. Omniscient. He knows everything. He knows everything. It's like um, Father Dunn, the, the priest in my parish when I was growing up, um, he always drummed it into us. He said, Father Dunn knows everything. <laughs> when he was reassigned, we were helping him pack up and move, and our gift, our thank you gift, were T-shirts that he had made saying, Father Dunn knows everything. <laughs> That's funny. So I should get a T-shirt, Mom Knows Everything. <laughs> No? I mean, yes, you absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. 
So is it true that God knows everything and we are completely free at the same time? Right. right? Because here's the dilemma. If God knows everything, right, then he knows that in 32 minutes and 54 seconds, I'm going to go have a glass of chocolate milk. Mm-hmm. Am, am I actually free then when I go and get that glass of chocolate milk? Yeah. Is that really, did I freely choose to do that? If, if God already knew it was going to happen, mm-hmm. you know, isn't then he kind of um, pulling the strings and, and, and making me do that. And right. um, so th- <laughs> This has been a, a debate for for years and years. I think. Um, yeah, I think the general. Well, so maybe one more comment, and and then by way of prefacing, and then we'll kind of dive in, right? Yeah. I think the general consensus amongst faithful Catholic uh, intellectuals, and mm-hmm. I, I just not us say this with trepidation. <laughs> uh, <laughs> one of them, so I'm open to correction, but. Um, is that one way or another, yes, we do reconcile those two realities. How we do so is a bit more of the debate. So mm-hmm. I, I think we're at a point where we can say there's really no question that, yes, God knows everything, and yes, man is free. Right. How that works out, though, is, is kind of the discussion. So right. what, do you, what do you think? What are your thoughts on this, um, you know, God knowing everything and knowing what we're going to choose And yet we're still free when we make those choices. Right. Um, Well, so what what was coming through my head is that just knowing something is not exerting control over the situation. Um, And he's still allowing for the person to go drink the chocolate milk. He just happens to know that it's going to happen. But if I go and I decide, ooh, that iced tea looks great, mm-hmm. and at the last minute I have that instead, right. am I surprising him? You know, and if 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 so, well, he doesn't know everything, and right. if God doesn't know everything, <laughs> oh my gosh, what is going to so? Yeah, well, but then then does he also know that you were thinking of the chocolate milk, but you were going to change the iced tea? So I, I mean. Maybe he just, he knows all of those possibilities as possibilities. And then it's up to you to pick the one that you're going to go with. So that's interesting. That, that goes into, um, there's, you know, one theory that the whole question is a, a, a difficult one to begin with. We're kind of asking it in the wrong way because our understanding of knowledge of something is so vastly inferior. It doesn't come close to mm-hmm. the reality of divine knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, so you could look at it in a certain way that, well, if I know, if I say that I know that you're going to um, go for a walk and then instead you sit on the couch. Well, the thing I thought I knew, I didn't know. Right. Some will say, well, God's knowledge is of absolutely everything, both in reality, mm-hmm. those things that actually happen, and in 
so in, in actuality as well as in potentiality, mm-hmm. which really is just a fancy way of saying those things that, that could happen, the possibilities. Right. So the infinite number of possible mm-hmm. choices that there are, yeah. uh, you know, go to the fridge and choose chocolate milk or go to the fridge and choose iced tea or go to the fridge and take a can of, uh, you know, a jar of pickles and start drinking the pickle juice. <laughs> I have people here that would do that actually. It's <laughs> gross. So one thought is God's knowledge is of all of these mm-hmm. potential choices. And he knows all of them. And then whichever one we choose, we have freely chosen, but it's still not a surprise to God. Right. So that's, and in fact, if you remember, Mrs. Sullivan, and I'm mm-hmm. sure you know, because you had so much fun pressing me on this, <laughs> that was kind of the way I was leaning yeah. when we had that talk last year. Um, yeah. Since then, I'm not sure, though. I'm kind of... Mm-hmm. This is where, like I said, I think we have to explore and do our best, but also we perhaps confront the limits um, of our own understanding, the limits of our um, intellect and and what we can understand. So I hope it's not as an answer. Right. But then I heard another one. Yeah. You know, and and this goes to the the debate between the Jesuits and the Dominicans on this question. Mm -hmm. And so for years the Jesuit position has been a little closer to um, the one we just talked about. Right. Um, and the Dominican position is kind of, God knows everything. He knows what we will choose. Yeah. But God being God, he so far transcends, he goes beyond what uh, we understand and and can conceive of that he can influence someone's soul he can move a heart to make a choice that he knows then will be the choice made and it's still made freely yeah what do you make of that talk about uh you know choice and and influence and so when we were just talking before we got started here and i was saying well if i direct my kids and teach my kids and instill certain values and morality in them as they're growing up um, does that mean that they're not freely choosing their actions later in life? Because I and my husband have influenced them to such a degree that they naturally choose the thing that we gave them education in. And I would say, I don't think so, because we don't make choices in a vacuum. So um, there is not a person on the planet who has not been influenced, taught, um, given direction in some way or form, and that informs their conscience and informs who they are, so that way they make choices in a certain direction. Um, they're still making the choices of their own free will. They've had to take those thoughts that they've learned, those things that they've been influenced by, and say, do I believe this? Do I not believe this? Do I make a choice in favor, a choice against, etc." So I may have taught them to love broccoli. I serve broccoli all the time. Mm -hmm. Broccoli is good for you. 
you're going to eat it. But then when they grow up, they decide, I don't really like broccoli, actually. And I just did it because I was taught to eat it. And I'm going to choose not to eat broccoli anymore. Or they might say, hey, my mom was right. Broccoli is delicious. I'm going to eat it three times a week. They're still making that choice. You know, and, and that's a very um, simplified thought process here. But don't we all come down with different values and morality and, and whatnot that we then um, make choices from? Yeah. So maybe that's where we have to accept as uh, you know, we look to our friend St. Thomas Aquinas, right? Who wanted to toss all of his writing into the fire. So this is all but straw before yeah. the, the majesty of God, the greatest intellect, the perhaps the world has ever known, except Jesus, because mm-hmm. <laughs> right. aside from Jesus, aside from Jesus, possibly the greatest intellect the world has ever known. St. Thomas Aquinas saying that this is all, this is nothing. This is garbage mm-hmm. <laughs> compared to God. So what's the point? Um, thank God he didn't do that, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, so I think you're right. You know, everything we do is influenced by something. Mm-hmm. And then the thing is, though, we love analogies and comparisons. and We love to be able to make connections. But here's one where we have to just say, but here's the limit. Yeah, and because like you said, you at this moment don't know what, your your children will decide 30 years from now right. about broccoli. Right. We're saying God does. God does know it. You know, and the reason at the end of the day is because he's God. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And you're not. Yeah. And I was just thinking, you and know, as you, <laughs> yes. And as you were just explaining that God um, – influences right the, the, how you're explaining that he, he he tries to lead us but don't we don't we desire that don't we want that isn't that what we pray for like when that's why i'm here when a friend <laughs> is experiencing something traumatic don't you want god to come in and, and and do something to help or um when a loved one has strayed from god don't you want him to come and and convert their heart that's exactly what you're praying for is for god to to influence that person in a way to make a choice that's better for them. Yeah. But that's but God is never forcing that person to make a choice, but he is he he can give the grace that is so far beyond our understanding that it can make us choose against what we would normally choose. Right. And you know, I'm really glad you you mentioned that. That's a perspective on this that I, I hadn't really thought of yet and it's it's so personal and it's so true. And it's so, I, I think it's probably something we can all relate to, but especially I think of in my own case, right here I am talking to you. I'm, you know, over zoom, I'm sitting in the rectory of a parish mm-hmm. where I'm a priest. Mm-hmm. Now from the time I was a little boy younger than you, Patrick, I knew, I just knew unnaturally so i knew god was calling me to be a priest i couldn't explain it and i wasn't even interested in explaining it i just we'd be in the schoolyard talking about you know uh what are you going to be when you grow up oh, i want to be a fireman i want to be a, a teacher I, I would say i think i'll be a priest what <laughs> what it doesn't but in my freedom as i grew up i stopped living a good Christian life. I was not living the way 
when I was, uh, I, you know, in my late teens, I was not living the way, um, you know, you would think a, a future priest would or mm -hmm. any Catholic ought to live, right? Um, and yet, here I am, mm -hmm. by God's grace, thank God, because yeah. he, in his omniscience, knowing everything, in his omnipotence, being all-powerful, um, he didn't give up on me, mm -hmm. and he moved my soul. And he used people and events around me mm -hmm. to help me. I absolutely freely chose this. Yeah. You have to go through at least six years of seminary in order to get to the point where you are laying on the floor in the cathedral ordained a priest. You don't get there without doing it freely. Yeah. And if you're not freely doing it, you're not really doing it at all. It's like with a married couple. If you aren't, and, and this, you know, something now we both can attest to, you having been married and me having married people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you, you've got to ask the couple the questions before you even go get close to a wedding day. Are you freely doing this? They have to swear before God and then sign a document saying, I am freely doing this. Because if not, you're not actually getting married. It's not a real thing then. It's You're just play acting. Right. So anyway, point is, you know, maybe maybe I'm getting a little too up here in the clouds <laughs> trying to think, break this down theologically. Maybe we need to look at our own lives. Yeah. And and Patrick, I think maybe that's a good thing for you and, and for all of our, you know, boys and girls who might listen to this to to think about what does it mean to choose something? Mm -hmm. And, you know, how is God working in my life to help me make the right choice? Just like, you know, we've got mom and dad to guide us. Mm -hmm. They teach us, they show us the things that are, are healthy for us and they're going to make us truly happy and, and be safe. Right. But, you know, yeah. at the end of the day, we have to say yes or no. Right. Um, and so we could talk about the theological uh, reconciliation of God's omniscience and man's freedom. Uh, but ultimately we live it. Right. We live it. How, what does it mean? How has God been at work in my life um, to help me to say yes to him? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's a great segue to our second question, don't you? Right. And you actually almost sort of started on it just naturally yeah. here because you're talking about the priesthood and your choice to become a priest. Yeah. Yeah. So the second question also from Patrick is, do you have to become a priest if that's what God wants you to do? Mm -hmm. What a great question. It is great. And you awesome. can really substitute anything. You could say, you know, do you really have to get married if that's what God's plan is? Right. Or do you really have to become a religious sister or whatever it is? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's especially uh, poignant this week because so, so we're recording today. It's, it's, uh, it's November 3rd. It's the feast day of St. Martin de Porres. Tomorrow, when this will air, um, or I guess not air. So I ready. guess so. Yeah, whenever. It'll, yeah. When this goes on the record player. Um, <laughs> <laughs> What's that, Father Connolly? On, on November 4th, 
It will be the feast day of St. Charles Borromeo. This is very important to me. I realized as I was brushing my teeth this morning, that's the third anniversary of my ordination as a deacon. Oh, okay. Tomorrow will be three years that I was ordained a deacon. Um, so do you have to become a priest if that's what God wants you to do? No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but how sad to not yeah. live the life that God wants you to live. Right. right? Um, so I, I'll just say a word here and then I'm going to zip my lip and, and let you get it, get in on this. But cause I'm so excited about this. I really am. I, I, um, I look at the way that we have so many parishes, right. And so few priests. Yeah. Um, last year, one, man was ordained a priest for the in entire archdiocese of New York. That yeah. goes from Staten Island, Manhattan, Bronx, Westchester, Putnam, Orange, Dutchess, Sullivan counties. Am I missing yeah. Rockland as well? Yeah. Ten, there's 10 counties, right? I think so. I don't know. Whatever it is. This one. But for that many counties. Yeah. And we have hundreds of parishes. Mm-hmm. We have so many faithful Catholics who need. Like millions within that yeah. border. Yeah. And one guy. One man was ordained last year. And God bless him. Father is such a good man. And uh, Father Luis Silva, um, a good friend and a good man. And, and so we'll serve very faithfully God's people. Mm-hmm. Um, this year, thank God. I think it's four. Okay. A little better. A little better. But still. That's, you know, uh, not good. Yeah. And um, in fact, those men will be ordained this Saturday, transitional deacons. Um, so say, let's say a prayer for, for those, those fellows, too, who are saying yes to God. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have to? No. No. Because, as we said, God made us free. He knows, that he, if, he knows what he wants for us. Um, he might even know. Right. We can say he knows what we'll choose, uh, but we can choose that which he doesn't want for us. Mm-hmm. And most and people do at some point right. choose something that is not what they're right. supposed to. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, and it's not always sin because that's most of the time. That's what we would call a sin. Right. Mm-hmm. Choosing to do what offends God or what God does not want for us. Right. In this case, it's not necessarily sin. Right. Um, you could have a man who is called to the priesthood, but chooses to get married and work as, say, a, a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's a very good and honest lawyer, and he helps a lot of people, and he does good charity work and volunteers at his parish, and he's a wonderful, loving husband and father, and, you know, can live a beautiful, very holy life. Yeah. But if you think about God wanted him to be a priest. Yeah. And so it's sad in the sense that you kind of have a missed opportunity in that way. Right. Um, Because God's plans are always greater than ours. But it's also sad in the sense that you can't ever experience a joy greater than when you're living according to God's plan. Right. So hopefully by now, you know that I, I can't even imagine being more joyful, you know, and yeah. um, 
it's not to say that there aren't difficult days and days I get a little down or yeah. um, upset about this, that, or the other thing. But, but at the end of the day, knowing that I'm doing what God wants me to do fills me with such incredible joy. Right. Um, so I would just say, don't you want that? Mm-hmm. Don't you want that? Don't you want to be the happiest you could possibly be? Yeah. Um, I sure do. So, yeah. uh, Patrick, maybe God's calling you to be a priest, right? Or maybe your brother, Peter, or maybe both of you, mm-hmm. um, or, uh, any of us have friends or, or relatives, sons, brothers, cousins, nephews, mm-hmm. grandsons. Um, so again, like you said, you can substitute any vocation really in this question, but especially, uh, I just think it's important that we really, um, and I'm biased on this, of course. <laughs> I think it's very important that, that we consider uh, priesthood very, very um, intentionally. Right. You know? Yeah, and so, I mean, if if someone had felt like they had the call to the priesthood or religious life or what, whatnot, um, it's worth exploring it because God's never going to invite us into a vocation that's if God is inviting us into that vocation, we can trust that he will give us the ability to live that vocation. Mm. So I think sometimes people might say, well, it's too hard or whatever, make up some, some whatever reason might come across your mind. Um, but if, if it's truly what God is asking or offering to you as your vocation, he'll also give you the grace to live it. Um, so it's worth exploring that. And I, if you're considering many good things though, too, right, you're considering, okay, maybe I want to be a priest. Maybe I want to get married. Both are good. Um, but there's one that's really meant for you. So to, to take the time to, to really prayerfully consider it. Yeah. Um, Can I share a prayer sure. with you? That um, when I was 13 years old, um, I went to the seminary for a, a come and see weekend. Mm-hmm. And I met with the vocation director. And so that's the priest who, who was assigned by the cardinal to help young men um, take this to prayer and ask God to help them understand what it is he's calling them to do. And uh, I will be forever grateful to this priest, Monsignor Luke Sweeney. And thank God he finally, he just came home a few months ago, uh, or rather last month, last month. He had been assigned for a few years in Rome. It was very exciting, but we missed him very much here at home. Mm -hmm. Um, When I was 13, Monsignor, then Father Luke Sweeney, gave me a book called To Save a Thousand Souls, and it's about thinking about the priesthood. And there's a prayer in that book, and it's very short and easy to remember. And it has carried me through the years, um, and it goes like this. Oh, God, I want to want what you want, even if I don't want it right now. Even if I'm afraid right now, I want to want it. Mm-hmm. Help me to want to be what you want me to be. Mm. Amen. So perhaps that's an, another way of looking at this, that we can pray for the desire to do 
whatever it is God wants of us. Even if we figure out what it is and then say, oh, gosh, no, God, you want me to do that? Yeah. Oh, man, yeah. you've got to be kidding me, <laughs> right? But right. We, we pray that he'll help us to want to do what he wants us to do. Because in the end, again, it's we who have to freely choose it. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll never force us. But if we are open to his grace and his plan, he will give us the greatest life we could ever imagine. Right. All right. I think that's a good place to close. Yeah. Okay. Should we do? Have you heard God's voice this week? (laughs) Way to put me on the spot. I was trying to throw it back at you. Um, Oh boy. I'll go first. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> I mean, I have, but I'm just trying to think of something that I can share. Easily, so. Well, I heard God's voice loud and clear in silence. Mm. Uh, I went on retreat last week. Yes. So uh, that's, you know, when you go away to spend some time in quiet prayer with God. And um, as much as, and I just meant every word that I just said, um, but parish life can get a little crazy sometimes especially when there are so few priests so if we had more then we could uh share the load a little bit but in in god's time but um it was a good opportunity to just go and get away from the noise the noise of the world the noise of the parish and um you know just get back to basics and go and be in silence and pray and just talk to God for the whole dang week. Yeah. And, and it was, it was beautiful. Um, he really spoke to me and I'm very grateful uh, to him for that. So it was just a, a great reminder, you know, that, that I'm his son. He loves me, that I'm a priest, that he will help me to serve him and his people. And that no matter what, he's in charge. Yeah. That's not, it was a good week for you. Oh, my goodness. Yes. You know, that's actually maybe, maybe we can uh, address this in a, in a future episode because my kids want to know what a retreat is because they had no idea what a retreat is. So, and I'm supposed well, to go on one in like three or four weeks. Podcast at gmail.com. I could, they could, <laughs> they could email it or they could just, <laughs> just talk in our ears. Special um, guest. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, to often the way that I hear God is through um, written words and through through Scripture, but then not just strictly through Scripture, but also um, reading other books that kind of dovetail together. So, one of the weird coincidences this week is um, I'm reading a uh, I was reading a Fulton Sheen book on Saint Therese. And there was a quote that appeared in there that said, um, it doesn't take much time to make us saints, but much love or something. That's not exact quote, but something like that. And then um, weirdly, I'm doing this other prayer assignment from my uh, spiritual director and I'm going through the stations of the cross and I'm using Fulton Sheen's station of the cross and the exact same quote or almost similar appeared in the particular station I was reading like the next day. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so when things, coincidences like that happen, I just, I make a, 
mental note of them because maybe it doesn't mean anything to me right now, but just noticing how those things coincide, there's no coincidences. And so um, it's, it's something for me to just make note of. So, yeah. yeah. Well, that, that was my, how I heard God this week. Yeah. All right. We're good. Yeah. So until next time, God knows what we'll say, even if we <laughs> use it. Right. Well, I mean, you said, called me, we were talking about what we we're going to say and you had an idea. And then today it was like, no, I don't want to do that. And God knew. God knew. Always does. <laughs> Thanks again, Patrick. And keep those questions coming. And uh, folks, if you're listening, please um, continue to, to send us your, your kids questions. And, you know, even if, if you'd like to have them recorded on a, a voice memo, we'd love to hear their voice. Um, you can send those questions to us recorded or written at uh, raisingsaintspodcast at gmail.com or on the Anchor app. Thank you. Until next time, God bless. Bye. Thanks for listening to Raising Saints. We hope you've enjoyed this episode and learned something about the faith, the church, and God. Most importantly, we hope you've heard God's voice as he calls out to you in love, as he calls you to a friendship with himself, as he calls you to be a saint. Until next time, God bless you. Finding someone on an online Catholic dating site shouldn't be like shopping for a blender. So why do most dating sites leave you feeling like you're shopping for a spouse? At Catholic Singles, we connect members through our unique user polls and activities, which help you discover other members and their personalities and interests. Because you're a person, not a profile picture. So stop shopping and start discerning. Trust your love story to the original Catholic dating site and use the promo code BREADBOX at checkout for 20% off at catholicsingles.com.